This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Hello and welcome to the Covert Nerd Podcast. Thank you for listening. It means a lot to me that you take the time out of your day to hear what I have to say. Before we start the episode, I want to do a shout out to one of the listeners, Ander, for winning our contest from the last episode. Thank you, Ander, for participating, and also thank you for listening as well, and thank you to everyone listening. I really appreciate it. Also want to mention our sponsor, Rainbow Comics and Cards. You can go to rainbowcomicsandcards.com, and you can get in touch with them and get the comics, cards, whatever you need. You can also go to their Facebook page, Rainbow Comics and Cards Lincoln, and I'll put a link in the show notes and you can get in touch with Tim and Taylor as well. Today is another Choose Your Own Adventure Live, and you can participate too. Just simply go to the Covert Nerd Facebook page and you'll get announcements and you can jump right in as well and get in the conversation and help decide what happens on the show. It's a lot of fun. Go to covertnerd.net for the information on this episode and previous episodes and all the ways that you can get in touch with me. So without further ado, Let's dive right in and nerd it up with Eddie and choose your own adventure. While we're waiting for Eddie, I'll just get started and we'll let him step in when we can. This is Ghost Hunter. Ever since you solved the Harlow Thrombey murder case, your services as a private detective have been in much demand. Harlow Thrombey was one of the richest men in town, and it was a surprise when he called you in to find out who was plotting against his life. Unfortunately, Thrombey was murdered, so not as successful, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Thrombey was murdered on the very night you began your investigation. His wife, Jane Thrombey, was a prime suspect. But you proved her innocence, and afterwards, she continued to live in their huge Victorian house until she died of a heart attack a few months ago. You've enjoyed being a private detective, but lately you've been thinking about going into a new field, ghost hunting. What got you interested? Hey, there's Eddie. I'm hoping this works. I just got on to page one, so I'm just reading page one as we get going here. Uh, last paragraph here, what got you interested was a magazine article on the subject. The author said that in most cases, a haunted house was once the scene of a murder. Murder. This fact tied in with some news you heard recently. After Jane Thrombey died a few months ago, a man named Howard Grimstone. I just love these names. He bought the Thrombey place. Neighbors say that a strange things have been going on there. Lights on late at night. Guard dogs patrolling the grounds. Weird sounds coming from the house. The more you think about it, the more likely it seems that the ghost of Harlow Thrombey has come to haunt the house where Thrombey was murdered. Go to page two. Another thing is the in the article caught your eye was the article said that Professor Zyback, who is supposed to be one of the world's leading authorities on ghosts, works at the Institute for Occult Studies. Only a few miles from where you live... The author did not seem to have a high opinion of Dr. Zyback. However, in fact, he said this, although Dr. Zyback has interviewed hundreds of people who claim to have seen ghosts, he admits he has never seen a ghost himself. How can he be so sure then that ghosts really do exist? Doesn't he know that people have a way of seeing what they want to see or what they're afraid of seeing? 
Dr. Zybeck's evidence, in air quotes there, for the existence of ghosts seems no more convincing than all the so-called evidence for UFOs and ESP. You ask various people if they know anything about Dr. Zybeck. A neighbor of yours, Mrs. Wal- Waleka, wow, again, these names, Mrs. Waleka tells you that she knows Dr. Zybeck for many years. I don't know whether his theories about ghosts are true or not, but I do know this, he says, she says, he is an honest man. You wonder whether it would be useful to see Dr. Zyback or not. Got two choices here. Eddie (laughs) is having trouble with his internet. He'll be back. So what do we want to do here? If you decide to pay a call on Professor Zyback, or if you decide to start ghost hunting without delay. So we go to... Start hunting, or do we go call Professor Zyback and get some advice from him? So what should we do, Eddie? Do we just dive right in and go ghost hunting, or do we call on the professor? We ain't afraid of no ghosts. You dive right in, man. You don't be messing around. That's what I was thinking. Who cares? Let's just dive right in. So we're going to go to page 11. we go there with you. Do you want to give this one a shot, Eddie? I'm On page 11? Yes. Why don't you start it while that while this book loads for me? <laughs> okay, I'll do page eleven. Internet, I know. Internet, love everybody, it. it's it's good yeah. times. All right. So you're sitting at your desk thinking about how you might begin your work as a ghost hunter when the phone rings. Oh, guess who's coming, Eddie? It's your old friend Jenny Mudge. No, she's Jenny back. Mudge. Listen, Jenny Mudge, you gave us nothing but trouble last time, and at best, you were no help. Exactly. You were you were a negative. You were not negative. You were a zero on our equation. Bring something to the game, Mudge. Well, she is. So guess what? She's probably going to be doing. All right. That's quite a coincidence. Jenny, who is also a private detective, helped you solve the Harlow Thrombey murder case. How are things? You ask. Jenny replied. Solve though. Solve though. Solve. I mean, I- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Jenny replied. Kind of just like. Eh. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Jenny replies in her usual lively voice. Very fine. I've stopped being a private detective and decided to become a ghost hunter. She's such a sheep. She just follows whatever you do. You know, Jenny, you act like you're your own person, yet you seem to always be where we are. Get your own thing, much. Be unique. Just be yourself instead of... You got a cool-ass name. <laughs> you can open up like a fudge store. There you go. Ooh, Mudge's fudge. Mudge Mudge fudge. <laughs> you could you could uh, become a um uh, you could uh, become a judge. A judge. Judge Judge Mudge. Judge Mudge. Oh man. <laughs> All right. So you say anyway. that's amazing, you say. Great minds as you're greeting your teeth probably. Great minds ah. think alike. I was just about to see if I can find out whether Harlow Thrombe's ghost has returned to haunt this old house. Could be, Jenny replies, but I've learned of a house that, by all reports, is definitely haunted. It's just a little way out of town, the Gray Mansion. It's been empty for a long time. The place is so haunted, weird, cursed, whatever you want to call it, that no one will go near it. I called you to see if you'd like to go out there with me this Saturday. Now, Jenny... I'm going to weigh in here. We also have uh, the ghost hunter, uh, I'm a ghost hunter, uh, paranormal mom, uh, Amanda Peck on the, on the sea. 
<laughs> Will she be much help? There we go. Right out of the gate, we're getting that. Paranormal mom, Amanda Peck, a camera woman of our ghost hunt of the Grand Theater in Grand Island, Nebraska. She can weigh in on this. You got to have a little bit of like impartial like position when you do this. Mudge, right out of the gate, it's totally haunted, cursed. What a, she's like, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. Yeah, she's like, she's very. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed much. <laughs> not impressed at all. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's me. That's me. Yes, yeah. Good that's job, me. Amanda. Yeah, you're right. She just came in and said, "Hey, this place is haunted. Do you want to go with me?" I is this? Does this mean we're dating now, Jenny Mudge? Right. And, you know, Are we this- paranormal like uh, married now? What's happening, Mudge? Do your own thing. So, so they have a choice to make. Our, our listeners, yes. our viewers have a choice to make now. So do you want to go with Jenny to the Gray Mansion, or do you want to go to Harlow Thrombe's mansion? Uh, I'm so torn. I'm torn because Jenny is selling me this other store, this other place. Like, but, but I'm also, yeah. We're partial to Harlow Thrombe since we were supposed to make sure the guy didn't die, and he died. And Right. Pour one out for old Thrombe. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for Proof Rock and Schmidt... We might have succeeded. The 80s sitcom that we deserve that we never got. <laughs> yes. Proof Rock and Schmidt on the case. <laughs> bumbling their way to success every time. Oh, Amanda said go by yourself. Go by yourself. That's one vote. Let's see if we can't get a couple more from viewers. Maybe give it a couple of seconds. What do you say? Yeah, and then we can just make an executive decision. I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I, I'm going to, if you want me to weigh in, I'm almost like, you know what? Mudge. You're on your own. I'm going Harlow Thrombe. Thrombe all the way. We killed him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Somebody killed him. So we're going to page four. No. 18. 18. You, gonna... you want me to read this one? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. We may have chosen poorly. That picture scared me. No, it's not the no, right one. Okay, that's good. the next one. Man, I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. I see someone pointing a gun at me, and I'm like, oh, uh, wrong stop. choice. I chose poorly. I chose poorly. <laughs> Sounds like sounds like my day today, you know. Right. If you learn anything from covert nerd, what you learn is this: if you ever find yourself in a position where you're looking at a that's happening to you in real life, shotgun. You you chose you chose poorly. This is how I decide what I'm going to do in life. I pull out a choose your own adventure book and turn to a random (laughs) page, and if it says the end, I'm just done. You're meeting your daughter's boyfriends for the first time, and you turn to choose your own adventure pages, and it lands on this one. You're like. I have to get my gun. I, I guess we're we're done here, dude. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. All right. Page 18. We've chosen to tell Mudge to go off and trudge Mudge all the way home. Eat fudge, trudge Mudge, I don't care. Exactly. You decide, first of all, to pay a call on Howard Grimstone, the new owner of the Thromby House. That's a good name, by the way. Grimstone. You're sitting at your desk thinking about what what to ask him when a woman appears at your front door. I'm Sylvia Rustin, Jane Thromby's niece, she says. May I come in? You take a look at your visitor as you usher her into your office. She's a rather plump, round-faced woman. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) In her 40s. You'd guess, you'd guess. Her skin is so fair... You imagine she must sunburn very easily. 
Her yellowish hair is curly. They're very, they're being very descriptive here on stuff that, that doesn't seem. <laughs> they're basically saying she's a human ghost. She's a human <laughs> ghost. She's a theater of the mind. Exactly. She looks as if she has a basically happy nature, but right now she seems tense and anxious. You had heard that Jane Thromby had left most of her money to Sylvia, and you're curious to know what brought her to see you. Sit down. What seems to be the problem? You motion her toward the old couch next to your desk. I'm penniless, and I should be rich. Hashtag me too. Wrong <laughs> no me kidding. too. Wrong me too. I'm saying us as well. Hashtag us as well. I should be rich. I'm penniless, and I should be rich. Those are two extremes. Those are those are two extremes, Sylvia Rustin. <laughs> you you, you got to be somewhere in the middle here. I know you are because you're you're here. Yeah, she's anyway. like, I'm penniless, I'm rich. Okay. Either I have everything or I have nothing. Although I should talk, that's how I've lived my life my whole time. <laughs> anyway, you search Sylvia's eyes for a clue to her character. What do you mean? I heard you inherited most of your aunt's, Aunt Jane's wealth. Everything except the house. Boom, 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 boom. Dun, dun, Turn to dun. page 26. 26! Lee, is this your page here? Sure, I'll do 26 here. All right. Sylvia leans toward you. Aunt Jane provided in her will that the house and the furniture be sold and the proceeds given to charity. All her money and jewels were to be left to me. But before she died, she put her money into diamonds. Hmm. She even told... Wait, yeah. Like she, so like she invested in diamonds? I guess, yeah. Put it all in di- the thing they throw away, the thing they throw away to make them more valuable... That's funny. Instead of put it all in in stock, it's like put it all in diamonds. She could have bought this thing called Apple software, uh, computer stock, but I said no. Put it in diamonds. Yeah, put it in diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> is that her investment solution? <laughs> this crazy thing called Googly. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Invest in diamonds. Some fruit company. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's like Forrest Gump. <laughs> exactly. You keep it. I'm going to invest in diamonds. Yeah. Ding, they are forever. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Is that the new investment advice going forward? Diamonds. Put it all in diamonds. That's where the money's at. Dude, I will roll into any investment place in town here with like 50 bucks, 100 bucks. And I'll just slide it across the counter. Put it all on diamonds. I'll get carried out. Like you're at a Vegas <laughs> roulette table. <laughs> Let they it ride. Me out of they drag me out of there as I'm screaming, put it all on diamonds! What about diamonds? <laughs> anyway. He was last heard saying, put it all in diamonds, <laughs> as they locked him in the paddy wagon. and <laughs> Exactly, as they beat him in the parking lot. So let's see how her investment solution does. I'm betting you, we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she even told me how many. There were 37. One of them was the famous Khartoum Star, one of the largest diamonds in the world. She hid them in a red leather box, and I'm the only one who knows it. The house has been sold, but I'm sure the diamonds are still in it. In fact, I think I know exactly where they are. Aunt Jane once showed me her secret hiding place behind a wood panel in the right rear corner of the cedar closet in the attic. What do you know about Howard Grimstone, the new owner? Not much, Sylvia replies with a shrug, but there are a lot of rumors about him. I've heard he's a big drug dealer. 
There's Ooh. also a rumor that he's in arms smuggling business and that makes bomb that, that he makes bombs for terrorists. Not the kind of man you could ask to help you look for your diamonds, I guess. But now you can see that this is going to be a tricky case and it will delay your new career as a ghost hunter. Besides, you're not really sure you can help. I don't have much street smarts, but I know that a drug running arms dealer is nobody I want to do business with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh Oh, so, so we got some choices here. <laughs> if you tell Sylvia you don't think you can help, turn to page eight. If you tell her you'll think about it, turn to page 34. We're supposed to be ghost hunting, not... We came here for ghosts! Yes, not drug dealers and diamonds and terrorists. No, and... no besides, I see where this goes. We get killed. <laughs> yeah, at the Harlow, in the Harlow case, we got hit on the back of the head and tied up. We tried to go the road less traveled and we got a pistol whip about the neck, face and chest. That was funny. <laughs> Rust in peace. I have my thought. Let's put it out to the viewers. Let's see what they choose. My choice is that we stick to the plan. We came here to find ghosts. We came, we saw, <laughs> we kicked their diamonds. Yeah. Put it on diamonds. Put it all on diamonds. So not only did she say, put it in diamonds. See, I thought, she meant just buy some diamonds. Yeah. Go out and buy 36 37, diamonds. 37 diamonds. 37 diamonds. One of them's the cartoon star. That's pretty specific. Well, I say we give Sylvia the boot and go do our own yeah. thing. You can't be distracting us. We're here for one thing. Ghosts. It rhymes with toasts. <laughs> rhymes with I want toast. some toast. So Ghosts. we're going to go to page eight. All right. I will read page eight. I'm turning to it now. Bear with me. All right, here we go. Oh, here we go. We're letting her down. Yes, let her down easy. I'm sorry. That's it. That's the page. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I can help, you say. Well, thanks for your time. I guess there isn't anything to be done. Wow, she gave a quick. Yeah, she did. After Sylvia leaves, you go for a walk to think things over. By the time you get home, you've decided that you really should try to help Sylvia. Oh, oh no. This is going to get non-ghosty real quick. Yeah. It's not right that she should be deprived of, of deprived of her rightful inheritance. Oh, no. This is how, this is how we end up staring down the barrel of a shotgun. Yep, yep. I know. It's coming. <laughs> the next morning you call her, but there is no answer. Every day you try again. Ooh. Uh-oh. Maybe she's a ghost. Oh. But it's a week before you're able to reach her. Oh, it's you, she says, which she has the right to be a little chippy. Okay. I should have let you know I was visiting my mother. I got back yesterday and found out that Grimstone has left town. The place is all locked up. Mm. Why do you think he cleared out? The police have been watching the place. You know, proof rock and Schmidt. <laughs> been combing over that place. Yeah, that's quality, quality work there. They, uh, he may have figured out, figured they had gotten enough evidence against him to close in on him. Maybe so, you reply. It may also mean that he found the diamonds. A thought suddenly occurs to you. Could you get a court order to have the place searched? I already tried, Sylvia replies. The judge denied my request. He said that there wasn't enough evidence to justify his issuing a search warrant. Well, maybe I can think of something. Uh, I'll just keep reading. It says next page okay. here. Yep. Sitting at your desk with your feet propped up in your best thinking position, which I know for <laughs> yeah. a fact, I, I have seen Jesse Kiefer thinking, and that is, in fact, 
his best thinking, thinking position. position with his feet on his desk his feet up on his desk shoes on or off well ironically his feet are on his desk but he's laying on the floor so it's like it's like no chair <laughs> feet up on the desk yeah exactly and funny funny thought part he's wearing his pants as a hat oh weird. Wow. that's his thinking hat i'm just telling you you know i don't make this stuff up jesse knows it's true <laughs> best thinking position you wonder what to do next Somehow you've got to get inside the house. We're not above breaking the law. That's I, the thing. That's yeah, the, yeah. I, think, I think we might be committing a felony soon. Right. <laughs> Hence the shotgun. <laughs> that afternoon, you walk halfway across town. Wow. Okay. We do to a lot of section. We, we walk a lot. There's a lot of cardio in these stories. Yeah. To the section where most of the rich people live. And stand across the street from the great white house where Harlow Thrombe was murdered. Murdered. Moited. <laughs> the grounds are surrounded by a wrought iron fence that's too high to climb, except at the front gate. You glance at a man sitting in an old car parked in front of the house. You've been in the detective business long enough. The three cases you've been on. Yeah, as I was thinking. Like, and you're reading this. I'm eight. Yeah, yeah, I'm an eight-year-old, and I've been doing this for a whole three minutes. From my seasoned opinion, a detective business long enough to know a plain-clothes policeman when you see one. Uh, It's by Proof Rock. Oh, I smell a Proof Rock of brewing. (laughs) Maybe you should get Jenny to help. Oh, no. Not her again. (laughs) She could distract the policeman while you find a way to climb over the fence. Using your girlfriend... Not your girlfriend, your friend who is a girl to be a distraction. A decoy? Is, she, is she just a decoy to you? You got you got to learn something. While you find a way to climb over the fence. On the other hand, you don't like the idea. I thought it was going to be you don't like the idea of like of like exploiting your friend. No, you don't like the idea of sneaking into a place that's guarded by the police. Maybe you should jo- join Jenny in investigating the Cray mansion. <laughs> basically it's a, the choices here is should i commit a felony or should i use use my girlfriend as a decoy this this is another crossroads so this is where we're stuck again if we go ask jenny to distract this guy she'll probably help uh however if we help with the gray mansion we might find some ghosts yes. i don't think i don't think i think if we go looking for uh, harlow thrombe we're not going to find any ghosts i'm kind of wondering and maybe the guy Grimstone was scared to death to, to leave the house. Who knows? Maybe the ghost scared him out. Yeah, yeah. So that's a choice we have laid before us. Grabbed his machine gun, his drugs, and and headed out of town. Right. <laughs> Wiped all that cocaine off his face and ran out the door. Can you imagine running out of the house? Looks like he's eating a powdered donut. <laughs> exactly. Just that triangle of just like my beard, but it's all white. Just, Oh man! Um, oh, Amanda, right, right to the, right to the point. Oh boy! I mean, in the story, I don't know if we're a child or an adult, so I don't know, like, if this is like even I don't know. I mean, they gave us a choice of committing a felony. I think we've we've gone to the eighteen plus now because we've crossed the line. <laughs> we've we've crossed that line. Yes, I think. Hey, whatever it takes to get into the house, I guess at this point. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, Do you steal an old person's hearing aid <laughs> to somehow jerry-rig the police officer's listening device? Yeah, exactly. I can imagine Jenny, if we ask Jenny to help distract the, the guards, she's probably like, am I just a decoy to you? Is that all I am? Uh-huh. 
Maybe Jenny shoots us. Yeah. She's like, you know what? I've had it. You stole my thunder. I'm the ghost hunter around here. Uh, I guess I'm torn. I want to find ghosts. I think we go. Maybe we just we're done with Thrombe. Let's just go see if Jenny can find some ghosts, I guess. So we're going to join Jenny on ghosts. That's my vote. All right. Well, we'll see. Do we have any comments on uh, the viewers? Do you support our decision to go along with Jenny to the haunted house? Or do we still pursue this? I think ill fated. We're, we're going to find ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jesse confirms it with uh, <laughs> eight, six, eight, seven, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. <laughs> I've heard if you call that number, I forget the area code, but if you call that number, it actually has that song on a loop. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We need to call I, it. <laughs> I, I'm saying, and Amanda has invented a character, uh, Kenny. So now we got to go find, now they got to go reread the entire story. Let's start over. And find Kenny in this story. Maybe there's a character that, that, that Amanda has inserted into this that we didn't know about. Is it Kenny from South Park? Ah, no, they killed Kenny. Kenny. They killed Jenny. <laughs> they killed Jenny much. Jenny, uh, uh, okay. All right, well, let's go to it. Uh, I think this is on you now, huh? This is your... Uh, so page 14. Page 14. Uh-oh. All right. When you arrive at Jenny's house on Saturday, she greets you excitedly. The gray mansion is still empty, she says. Then what are we waiting for, you reply? Nothing. Now that I've found myself a flashlight. She found her flashlight, so now we can go. Good. You're right. waiting all week to find your flashlight. Get yeah. your act together, Jenny. Come on. I'm glad I didn't have you distract a police officer. Yeah, exactly. There's a light drizzle falling, and the sky has an oppressive, leaden look when you reach the top of the hill and look up at the huge Tudor house. Building some ambiance here. They, he loves yeah, this. Yeah, they are. They are. Ugh, it's turrets lean, and its porches sag from the decades of neglect. The massive Ooh. front porch door is bolted shut, but halfway around the house, you find an unlocked door that leads to the butler's pantry. You've hardly reached the somber, must, musty hallway when you hear a wailing, moaning sound that rises and falls in pitch over and over. Man, they've been in my house. They're describing my house to a T. Exactly. <laughs> this is the Fossler house. Oh, wait. How'd they know? <laughs> this way, Jenny says, her voice a little shaky. You follow her into the large room with massive oak tables and chests and chairs covered with dark brown leather. Your eyes fix on the great stone fireplace. The wailing sound is louder now, and it's coming straight from the fireplace. See, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Yeah. Now we're into some ghosts. This is where we need to be. Maybe it's the only the wind, you say. Jenny clutches your arm tightly. The wind never sounds like that. Then I guess it's a ghost. You know how just a matter Dang. of factly, I guess it's a ghost. They didn't even try to like debunk that one. No. Anyway. Jenny places her mouth close to your ear. If we're going to trap it, we have to surround it. This is this reminds How me of Ghostbusters. Gonna... Like, Ray, get it. That was get your plan. It. Jenny, you couldn't find your flashlight. How are we going to catch a ghost? Exactly. How are we going to do this, Jenny? Do you have a magic coffee mug with you? What's happening, Jenny? Jenny! So here's her plan. One of us must go up on the roof and shine the flashlight down the chimney while the other watches the fireplace. How, how can we get up on the roof? I noticed an upstairs porch on the left side of the house, Jenny answers. It wouldn't be hard to swing onto the roof from there. Do you want to try or shall I? 
Oh, boy. So here we go. So if you say you'll go up on the roof, go to 41. If you decide to stay by the chimney. So basically, which one of us is going to go up on the roof? Do you want Jenny to do it or do we want to do it? Let's think this through. If we go up on the roof, the idea is that we're going to be like, shining something down to get it to come out yes inside the house yeah right so the idea is to shine the light down the chimney to see if there's anything right. there you might scare it so so mudge is going to be the one to see the ghost and then we won't we won't see the ghost maybe right maybe on the flip jenny is our friend and we said we would go there to help it seems weird that we would tell her to go and climb on the roof. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I hate to be selfish, but I'm like, we came here to find ghosts. I'm Jenny, get up on that roof. That's my, it goes against my core values, but get up on the roof. Get on the roof and scare him down. That's my thought. Uh, Lee, what do you think? I don't know. That's a tough one. Cause maybe who knows what we might find on the way up. True. Or is because you have to, she said you have to go onto the roof. Uh, see, no, you, oh, you go up on the porch. Yeah. And you kind of swing in on the roof from there. So doesn't sound dangerous at all. No, not at all. <laughs> doesn't. And it's like raining. It said, right. It's raining. Yeah. It, you know, at, at this point, again, we've already, we're already breaking and entering, you know, we're all in <laughs> at this point. Right. right. But I, I almost say put Jenny on the roof. Okay. Like Fiddler on the Roof, Jenny on the Roof. Jenny on the Roof. If I were a rich man. <laughs> if I was a rich Jenny. <laughs> now, we're we're picking this. We're not getting a lot of comments, so we're going to go ahead and steer this. But, you know, this is the whole point of the story here is that you guys are helping choose what happens. Live or so, die. <laughs> Do we want to go on? The, so we're going to make Jenny go on the porch. Put so Jenny on the porch. We just hang out by the, the chimney here. You stand by the fireplace, ready to capture the ghost with whatever you, with your hands, <laughs> yeah. with your with your magical pockets. Magical, get in my pocket. Magic pocket. Uh, ready to capture the ghost if Jenny scares it out. The wailing and moaning have stopped, and you wonder if it's because the ghost knows you are tracking it down. Perhaps it's like a wild animal that once it knows it's being stalked, freezes and waits ready to fight or flee if its adversary comes upon it. Very slowly, you inch toward the fireplace. You bend down to look up, at, to look up the chimney. As you stoop, your eye catches a painting on the wall, one of those portraits that is painted so that the eyes seem to follow you wherever you move. You stopped, hypnotized by those eyes. You wonder if you are looking at a painting of a man whose ghost now haunts this house. You shiver as the chill air coming down the chimney seems to wrap around you. Suddenly, a scream from Jenny. We killed our friend. We killed Jenny. <laughs> up on the up on the roof. It's in the attic. I've got to get down. I almost fell. Nasty, yeah, there we go. See? Almost killed Jenny. We if did. you run to the upstairs porch to see if you can help Jenny, turn to page 79. Oh, dang. If you run upstairs to the attic, turn to page 60. Okay, so... I, th I think you know where I'm going with this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. This isn't called You Save Jenny, Choose Your Own Adventures. <laughs> no, it's like, no, I want to go see the ghost. It's in the, the attic. Point. I've got to get down. I almost fell. So, 
Sorry, Jenny, you're on your own. Going ah, to the attic. <laughs> there we go. Sacrifices turn... have to be made. Exactly, Jenny. If you have to die to prove that ghosts are real, <laughs> Um, then you're going to become one. Yeah. Uh, then there you go, man. Page 60. All right. I'll do 60 here. You rush up to the attic and boldly throw open the door before boldly. you. Yeah. Boldly before you is a thin, frail figure. His fa- pace is face is pale and his eyes have a hollow look. He turns and lurches toward you. You start to scream, but stop. It's not a ghost, but a live boy. About 16, you'd guess, his face has gentle gentle expressions, and he looks more frightened than frightening. Please don't tell them about me, he begs. You step forward to look more closely at this poor, tattered figure. Who are you? My name is Lewis. I ran away from home. I've been living here for two months. I make these weird noises to scare people away. If they find out I'm not a ghost, they'll kick me out, and I have no other place to stay. Hello. Are you up in the attic? It's Jenny's voice from downstairs. She must have safely gotten off the roof. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm glad you're not dead. Yeah, glad you're not dead. Yes, come on up. You call back, turning back to Lewis. You introduce yourself, but Lewis does not offer to shake hands. Why did you leave home, you ask? It must have been pretty bad for you to choose this kind of life. Now we're getting into some counseling. Where are the ghosts? Show me the ghosts. Where are they hidden? So Lewis suddenly sits down on the floor and leans back against the wall, staring into space. You wonder whether he has forgotten you're there. Are you in here? Comes Jenny's voice again. She's at the top of the attic stairs. Over here, you yell. And to Lewis, you say, meet my friend Jenny. Jenny runs up beside you, stopping short as she spots Lewis. Why, you're not a ghost, she says to him. But if you don't start eating more, you soon will be. Lewis <laughs> Lewis smiles for the first time and slowly gets to his feet. He ran away. You're right. From- I'm starving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he ran away from home, you explained to Jenny. I lived with my uncle, Lewis says. He was drunk a lot, and I bet you'd, you'd like to have a hot bath and a good meal, Jenny says. You can come over to my place, you add. We'll fix you up. Thanks. Thanks very much, Lewis says. He walks over to the corner of the attic, gathers up some clothes strewn on the floor, and stuffs them in a backpack. Then he follows you and Jenny down the stairs and out of the house. Okay. You want me to go to 67 67, yep. Lewis, is there anyone else you could live with besides your uncle? Jenny asks as the three of you walk down the road. His face brightens for a moment. My half-brother lives in Alaska. He said, I could come up and live with him, but I'd have to raise my own bus fare, and that's a lot of money. Maybe so, you say, but we'll help you find a way. You could even join our team of ghost hunters, Jenny said with a laugh. After all, you've had valuable experience living in that haunted house. I don't know if I want to be a ghost hunter, Lewis says, but I'm pretty good at carpentry. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah, didn't do a dang thing at that house. The walls were sagging. <laughs> yeah, the crumbling. Yeah. <laughs> Get to work. <laughs> um, great, you say. I know a builder. I'm sure he could use you on his crew. Lewis says, Jenny, emphath- em- emphatically, you're already halfway to Alaska. The, the end. end. <laughs> <laughs> is that? No. Where, where's the ghost? Is this how our ghost hunt ends? Yeah, you find a, 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 homeless, a kid, boy? homeless boy in a, in a house, and then you... Who's good at carpentry? Yeah, and you... you uh, 
put him in put him to work. <laughs> this would be the worst Ghostbusters movie ever made. Yeah, you find no if ghosts. Is, I just make those scary sounds to keep people out of my house. This is like a Scooby Doo episode. This is, except there's not even like a guy who's like you, dirty, you, rotten, you kids. pesky kids. I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you pesky kids. No, it was no. just sadness. Just yeah. a homeless boy, homeless boy that had a drunk who's, uncle, who got a drunk uncle and dot dot dot. dot. I love that classic. And yeah. and trails off dot dot dot. So yeah. I guess here we are, 42 minutes in. Do we take another stab at this, or what do you what do you want to do, Lee? Well, do you want to try this again, or do you want to try Chimney Rock? The mystery of Chimney Rock. You know what? I, I am going to put this out to our viewers real quick and just say, what do you say? Do we take another stab at ghost hunting? Do we take another stab at trying to find a ghost, or do we go to Chimney Rock? And while you guys mull that over, I'm going to fix my hat, because it's stabbing a hole in my brain. Let's do another ghost. And if you're like me, I usually just skip the first couple pages because, you know, I've already read it. Right. We know so, what we're doing here. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Let's see. Here's our first choice was on page two. Do we go to Professor Zyback or do we start hunting ghosts without delay? That was our first choice. Okay. Uh, or well, first mistake. <laughs> first mistake. I say we go to Zyback. Okay. we... See, look at these names: Zyback, Rustin, Mrs. Waleka. Mrs. Waleka was our neighbor. (laughs) I I just feel like they they had so many characters to write. They're like, I can't do Smith. Yeah. Do you have an idea if if I did Smith, how bad the story would be? They just spin a wheel and like start putting letters together. (laughs) Sly and back, go for it. All right, so this is page four. I'll go ahead and read this one if you want to catch the next okay. one. Yep. Within an hour, you knock on the door of Professor Zyback's office at the Institute. A moment later, you are greeted by a tall, slim man wearing a tweed vest and polka dot bow tie. He ushers you into his office, which is made even smaller by huge stacks of books piled up against the wall. Sit down and make yourself comfortable. The professor taps the ashes out of his pipe and stuffs in some tobacco. But evidently, deciding you might not want to sit in a room full of smoke, he lays the pipe down on his already cluttered desk. What can I do for you? I'm sorry, but I have to go to a meeting and I only have a few minutes. Well, you say, clearing your throat, I read that you've done a lot of research on ghosts. I thought maybe you could give me a few tips. Well, there you go. So we're looking for tips. page six. All right, here we go. Tips? The professor frowns. He's not happy with that. No. Well, it's a very complicated subject, not one that boils down to a few tips. That being said, I will tell you this. Number one, ghosts exist. Now get out! (laughs) (laughs) Ghosts exist. But they normally don't exist in a way in which we are aware of their existence. So most of the time, it doesn't matter whether they exist or not. Ooh. You got all existential. Yeah, yeah. I don't quite follow, you you start to say, but the professor interrupts you with an upraised finger. They don't say which one. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) He just tells you to go go away. The year number one finger. Ooh. Hold on here. With an upraised finger. I'm not surprised (laughs) you can't follow because you're dumb. I love it's that. very compl- it's very complicated as I say. But what I say next you can follow. Number 2, 
Ghosts don't hurt people. You are more likely to be hurt if you run from a ghost than if you go toward it. The professor takes a gold watch out of his pocket and looks at it. Oops, I'm very late. What are you, the rabbit and freaking Alice, Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm right. late. I'm late. <laughs> I'm very late. As he gets to his feet and grabs his jacket from the coat stand, he waves his pipe at you. Goodbye. I wish you luck. G- good day. Before you even thank the professor, he's out the door. You glance around the cluttered little office a moment and then head for home, thinking about what he said. Turn okay. to page 11. Page 11. I love his. He's just like, I'm out of here. You're dumb. I'm leaving. Yep. <laughs> You're sitting at your desk thinking about how you might begin your work as a ghost hunter when the phone rings. It's your old friend, Jenny Mudge. That's, I think we've been on this page before, too. I yeah. think so, yeah. That's quite a coincidence, Jenny, who is also a private detective, helped you solve the Harlow Thromby murder case. How are things, you ask? Jenny replies in her usual lively voice. Very fine. Okay, well, so we've already read this one. So great. Yeah, <laughs> so... If we decide to hunt for Harlow Thrombe's ghost, go to page 18. If we decide to join Jenny, page 14. Which we know where Jenny's going to take us. Yes. At this point. So we're back to Harlow Thrombe, I think. So we're back to Thrombe at 18. All right. And we read this one. We read this one, which takes us to page 26. 26. See, this is how you read these guys. Yeah, this you is just, how. Keep, just keep going through them. Okay, so this is where we... We told Sylvia that we don't want to help her. Yep. So that was page eight. Yep. So if we tell her we want to think about so we want to think about it this time. We do a lot of thinking um, again. We do. So we told her you don't think you can help. And then that was the one, the one we did. Yep. And then we tell her we'll think about it. Maybe we go and think about it. Yeah. So let's go think about it to page. Let's just do the, the opposite. Yes. 34. After Sylvia Rustin leaves, you sit at your desk wondering how you can possibly help her. If you take the case, you'll hardly be able to call up Grimstone and ask if you can search a closet in, in the attic. If you were to tell him what you're looking for, the diamonds would surely vanish by the time you got there. You tilt back, feet on your desk, eyes closed, Pants on your head. <laughs> a loud knocking interrupts your thoughts. Opening the door, you find a rather short, stocky man. His oily, graying hair is slicked back over his head. A close-shaven mustache looks like a line of grease paint over his <laughs> thin, almost non-existent upper lip. Man! Nice. What a description. Rat, <laughs> rat-faced loser guy comes in the door. I'm Howard Grimstone. Ooh. This is the drug dealer terrorist. This is the guy. Yeah. I've heard you're a private detective and I need your help. You try to hide your astonishment. <laughs> well, please come in. You motion to the same old couch Sylvia Rustin so recently vacated. What's your problem? Turn to page 27. We're in our thinking position with our pants over our head, just like Jesse yep. does. And we get interrupted by a drug dealer. Yep, by an arms dealing <laughs> drug, drug lord. lord. <laughs> with, with a greasy mustache. mustache like <laughs> drawn in with a mascara pencil. <laughs> exactly. Here you go. You up? It, yep. It's the strangest thing, Grimstone begins, in what strikes you as a rather phony tone of voice. 
I recently bought a house owned by Jane Thrombe, who died a few months ago. It's a great house, suits my needs in every way, but it has one problem. Grimstone leads forward as if to emphasize, to, to add emphasis to a statement. And what's the problem? Ghosts. The place Ooh. is haunted. Strange wailing sounds and lights. My employees and I can't get a good night's sleep. Oh, I thought it was all the cocaine you were doing. I know. Oh. <laughs> That's bad enough, but other things have been happening. Last night, the crystal chandelier began swaying wildly. Then some of the crystals crashed onto the dining room table. No! One of my men was cut by flying glass. No, that was probably a knife fight you guys had. <laughs> exactly. Cocaine-fueled knife fight. <laughs> I've never believed in ghosts before, but I'm telling you there's one in that house. What do you want me to do? Grimstone, or Grimstone leans forward, his thin lips stretched into some sort of smile. I need someone to find that ghost and get rid of it. I need a ghost hunter. Ooh. All right. I'll think about it and let you know in the morning, you say. But we just keep thinking. Why can't we make a decision? I'm going to mull this over. Okay. As he leaves, Grimstone turns. I'll make it worth your while. Ooh. Okay. Now we're talking. He's going to pay us an opium. <laughs> yeah. I got some grade A opium right here and some hand, <laughs> and some hand grenades. <laughs> I can pay you in heroin. How does that sound, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> heroin and plastic explosives. You know, why not? Ooh. All right. Turn to page 20. 20. Man, we're, we're hopping all over the we place. Are. Oh, this is a good good choice here. You what are we read gonna, this? Yeah, yeah, please. The case is getting interesting. Whom should you work for? Sylvia Rustin or Howard Grimstone? It wouldn't seem right to work for both of them. I mean, no, that's how you get killed. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Without telling them what you're doing. Yet that doesn't make sense. You'd be more inclined to work for Grimstone. You want to be a ghost hunter. On the other hand, you don't like the idea of working for a criminal. <laughs> Still, Grimstone isn't asking you to do anything illegal, so why not take the case? Yet you still you feel some loyalty to Sylvia Rustin because she came to you first. You can't just let your thoughts go around in circles like this. You've got to make a decision. I can't make a decision. I'm a president from Spaceballs. <laughs> exactly. I can't make it a, a decision. So, our choices. If you decide to work for Sylvia Rustin, go to page 28. If you decide to work for Howard Grimstone, go to page 70. It doesn't get any more choose your adventure than this. I know. Angel, oop, oop, angel on one shoulder, devil, devil on, on the, the other. other. Yes. Who are you gonna... <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> you're pretty cool, and you have ghosts, but, you're, but you need my help. Ah! Uh, which do I do, Eddie? See, again, this is how you make life's decisions. I'm on to this book now. I know what's happening. Okay. We got to help out Sylvia. You think? Because if we go chasing the obvious, we're gonna we're not gonna find ghosts. <laughs> Amanda says, "Grimstone, live on the edge." This is how we die in a uh, cocaine knife fight. Cocaine induced knife fight. <laughs> Hashtag cocaine knife fight. I'm putting that on your comments, Lee. Is that yes. cool? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Hashtag cocaine knife fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hashtag for tonight, right there. Hashtag cocaine my, night fight. Yeah, I misspoke cocaine. I misspoke cocaine. <laughs> well, it, it's no, cocaine, it's, you know. Yeah, you could could have spelled it with a K. That's that's true. You got to be careful with those. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Amanda said my, yeah, cocaine knife fight. So she's saying cocaine knife fight. 
what what do we uh what see even the last star fighters cocaine knife fight cocaine exactly knife fight. <laughs> are we gonna work for a criminal I guess, I guess we are my my thoughts are we're being outvoted now so we have to now now we have to because right they told us so page 70 for the cocaine knife fight all right oh uh, if I get to the page and there's a gun in my face and we know that was not a good be, idea. There's going to be a gun in, a fa- in our face or a knife in our chest. I'll tell you that right now. Just like looking down and all there is is a handle of a knife. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. I'll do this one. No, no. All right. No gun in our, our face or knife in our chest. So. <laughs> you look down all you see is a handle sticking, handle sticking out. out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like covered in cocaine dust. <laughs> I knew it. This I knew is how it. I would go. All right. When you call Grimstone to tell him you're taking the case, he asks you to stop over that evening. You set out for his house right after dinner with your miniature high-intensity flashlight tucked into your pocket. Because that's all you need to how, hunt ghosts, Eddie. All you need is a flashlight. They, man, who knew that everybody had the equipment to go ghost hunting in their very own home? <laughs> Somehow you think you may need it. See, again, this is important. I might need to see in the dark. <laughs> Walking up to the great oak door of the huge Victorian house, you think back to the first time you came here, the night of Harlow Thrombe's murder. Things have changed a lot since then. A high wrought iron fence now surrounds the property. Thick cedar hedges have been planted so that it's not possible to see any of the ground floor windows from the street. Hmm. The place resembles a fortress more than a gentleman's estate. As you approach the house, you hear fierce barking. Startled, you turn. For the first time, you notice a large dog pen attached to one side of the house. Two huge mastiffs are raging at you from the other side of the chain-link fence. You shudder to think what would happen if they got out. The front door opens before you reach it. A hulking, square-shouldered man appears. His stiff, bristly hair looks like steel wool. A grotesque smile is fixed on his face. Wow, 74. Page 74. I hope those dogs can't get out, you say. The man laughs. <laughs> they can, because they have <laughs> fingers and thumbs. <laughs> you don't like our pets? Don't worry. Their gate won't open unless we push a button inside the house. That's nice to know, you reply, not offering to shake hands. See, actually, they push a button. Yeah. But it's one of those... It's, it's it's one of those Rube Goldberg machines where it, it, it like scares a chicken and cake batter pours out and a big, big ping pong ball. So so it takes so five saved, minutes to open it. Yeah, exactly. He saved the kid the whole explanation, but he's like, Yeah, I push a button. But they got like a monkey that like bangs cymbals and yeah, scares them. Got to get a little ball rolls down and the guy dives into the little pool from mousetrap and Exactly. Ch- triggers the lighter that burns the string. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But they push a button. Cool. That's nice to know, you reply, not offering to shake hands. Is Mr. Grimstone home? Come in, my young friend. Don't be put off by Kenny. Hey! Oh, there is a Kenny. There's a Kenny in here. Can you zoom in on that? Whoa. Can, no, I, can I, you zoom? I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, I think I might if, be able to. If you can read this, uh, on there is a Kenny. So Amanda, there it paranormal is. mom... Right here. Look at that. Kenny. Is is uh is a also psychic. So there you go. Wow. Amanda called it. <laughs> She's yep, told you. She knew it. Wow. There you, there you go. That's Little awesome. Kenny. Uh, you walk past Kenny into the gate into the great house. 
it has a much more somber look than you remember, as if a man was murdered in it. <laughs> the walls have been covered with dark chestnut paneling. The floors, which used to be polished and shining, are covered with a dark brown stain. Mm. <laughs> they don't say what the stain yeah, is. Yeah, I don't think you want to. It's like the... Uh, the uh, brown material that moss man throws and the exactly. mini you, you don't just don't ask it cuts to moss man and he's like i threw it i did that i did that <laughs> I, I stained those floors <laughs> grimstone shows you into the the library he looks up you up and down as if he were measuring you for new clothes or a coffin coffin <laughs> <laughs> the ghost the ghost starts making noises every night at about eight o'clock punctual coast kind of like yeah, this podcast. yeah exactly it's all it's almost eight now coincidentally i'm going to have to leave you alone for a while i have to discuss business business, business air quotes with my associates uh-huh. <laughs> in the dining <laughs> room <laughs> uh, grimstone gives you a funny look like this uh, sticks his tongue out at you <laughs> exactly do you want to wait here until the noise begins, or do you want to explore the house? Wow, I just like how the confidence. You just want to wait here. They'll come to you. Yeah, exactly. The ghost will bring you a ghost sandwich. <laughs> do you want that to happen? Do you want that on rye? So, <laughs> if, you, if you decide to have a ghost sandwich on rye bread, turn to page 46. If you decide, <laughs> if you decide to wait in the library, turn to page 46. If you decide to explore the house, turn to page 106. Okay. So do we explore or do we wait? Well, psychic Amanda says explore since she knows what's going to happen before we do it. I mean, she predicted <laughs> Kenny. Kenny, she I predicted mean. Kenny. So we have to trust that she knows where we're going That's now. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, dude, you're going to page 106. 106. We're like at the end of the book. I love his. We're going to, my associates are going to have a little meeting as he cracks his knuckles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, with some I concrete hope your meeting goes well, some con- exactly. concrete shoes. <laughs> we got to go fit this guy for a <laughs> new pair of shoes. shoes. <laughs> 106. I, I just as soon get started exploring the house. You say that's perfectly fine. Grimstone replies pleasantly too pleasantly. You can go anywhere. We have no secrets here. Oh boy. <laughs> He's setting you up. <laughs> Except for all the secrets. All the secrets. <laughs> Why is these floors brown, man? Yeah, the floors brown. <laughs> they have dogs. I mean, oh, geez. As the two of you walk through the downstairs hall, he motions to the dining room where Kenny and three <sighs> other men are seated at the dining room table. Excuse me. I have some business to conduct with these gentlemen. He enters the dining room, closing the door behind him. Wow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what's going on? <laughs> All right. You stand in the hallway a moment thinking everything about Grimstone, his thuggish lackey, the iron, high iron fence outside, the huge guard the high dogs, fence. There's drugs everywhere. Exactly. That fence is high as the day is long. The huge guard dogs all confirm Sylvia's opinion of him as a professional criminal. You think? I mean, I mean, I will say it's certainly anecdotal of a criminal, but it's also like maybe he just has thuggish friends and likes big dogs. Bro. Well, you know, Eddie, remember what your mom said. 
Man with mustaches, dude. You're right. He My mom was on to something. See? He has a mustache. Mama knows best. <laughs> You're right. Yet he's given you the run of the house to look for ghosts. It's odd. You'd like to find evidence of ghosts, but to tell you the tell the truth, you're even more curious to find out whether Jane Thromby's diamonds are hidden in the attic cedar closet. This may be your only chance while no one is watching you. Oh boy, we're going to get greedy here, I think. So, I mean, the, here's the thing. He literally said, go wherever you want. True. So, we're not necessarily outside of any... We're not going to walk into a room and he's going to be like, why? I don't go in this room. Eh? I suddenly uh, suddenly have room alone. He said, go anywhere you want. Well, he I don't a, know why he's Sylvester Stallone. All of a sudden. <laughs> he talks like Sylvester Stallone with a mustache. Hey, why are you in this uh, one room? What, what are you doing here? Is there uh, uh, any room but this one? However, he is a um, criminal, so how, how much can we trust him? Yeah, and he's greasy, so we know he's a smooth criminal. Yes, smooth criminal. Um, Moonwalk. Uh, I'm in an office chair. I know. Yeah. So do we go? Do we go look for the diamonds, or do we go just looking around? Uh, it says directly to the attic to search the cedar closet. So that's looking for the diamonds. Yes. And then looking around is more like looking for ghosts. So we're just kind of gonna we're gonna go room to room, but we're eventually gonna get to the attic. So we're taking this scenic route to the attic. Or do we just go straight to the attic, get the diamonds, and get the heck out of there? I predict if we go room to room, we're going to encounter some sort of thing that will prevent us from finding the diamonds. Yes. I, I almost feel like this was our attempt. This is our chance to at least help this poor woman out while helping this guy out at the same time. Okay. She's saying diamonds. See, diamonds. I mean, even that. Look at that. Diamonds. Amanda says diamonds. So we're getting greedy. And just go for the diamonds. They're, they're, I kind of want to just go for the diamonds, but... Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for the diamonds. I kind of agree. If we go slow, we might not die. <laughs> but uh, That's three That's three votes for diamonds. But, but let's remember, do it. Remember, Eddie, we said earlier that she said she was penniless or, and she should be rich. So let's, let's just get the diamonds. We'll grab a couple and then we'll give the rest to her. Right. Oh, there's only 34 diamonds. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't know where the other one went. As you're heading off to Tahiti. There right. is so much other things that could have happened in this story. Look at these illustrations. I know. They're all good. I love that. Climbing the wall. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yep. 66. Let's see. Was it my turn or your turn? I forgot. I think I ended that one, so it'll okay. be your turn. My turn. All right. We got our trusty flashlight. So flashlight in hand, you climb the broad carpeted staircase leading to the second story. At the top, you face a long hallway with rooms on either side. Halfway down the hall, a short passageway leads to the steps to the third floor. At the top of those steps is a door. You pull it open before you are before you are steps leading to the attic. A flick of the switch produces a dim light at the top of the stairs. As you climb the creaky stairs, you glance at your watch. It's eight o'clock now, the hour of the ghost. Oh boy. The board. I don't think that's ever been called that except for in this story. Because like the witch, the witching hour is like three a.m. I think. I think so, or is it midnight? No, I think you're right. It might uh, be three a.m. I think, I think it's, it's like three a.m. Okay. So it's like eight o'clock is like prime time family TV time, and it's like that's the ghost hour. <laughs> that's right. When you're a nine year old boy reading this or girl, this is you know this yeah, that's like, late. 
They're up at eight o'clock at night. That's oh, crazy. It's a school night. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The board slips beneath your feet and you gasp. A few steps further, you stop short. Something's moving above you. Oh, boy. Ooh. Then you realize it's only your own shadow. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh boy. Made... You forgot how light works. I guess. All right. Let's see. Uh, oh, okay. It's your own shadow made as you block off light from the passage below. By the time you reach the top of the stairs, you're ready to laugh at yourself for being so jumpy. Now, shining your flashlight, you walk into the dim, cavernous recess of the attic. You pass a door. This could be the door to the cedar closet. You're about to open it when you wave, when a wave of fear runs through your body. You have a strong sensation that someone is nearby watching you. You can't see or hear anything, but you feel an overwhelming sense of danger. Then you remember how you felt coming up the stairs, jumping at your own shadow. Maybe you're just nervous, but maybe you've perceived something real. Okay, mm. we have a decision. If you open the door, turn to page 59. If you pass by the door and circle back down the stairs, go to 104. So do we open the okay. door or do we just walk by and go around another way? There you go. That's our, that's our decision there, viewers. Do we open the door or do we circle around back down the stairs? I feel like opening the door could result in some bad. <laughs> I kind of want to open the door, but you know, if you're a kid, you flip to page 59, look at it, and then switch to page 104, and then look at right. it. Right. I, I, Amanda I, says open it. Open the door! Okay, is this me then? Oh, Al says open the door too, so. Oh, two of Paul them. Ha Paul says open, okay, we're opening we the got, door. Okay, we're opening the door. <laughs> I guess there's no options there. We're opening 59, the door. 59, dudes. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, this boy. is the choose your own. This is the choose your own adventure books that I remember. <laughs> are Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Let's all die together. Together. Yep. You pull the door open like the reckless numbskull you are. By the fragrant aroma, you know you have found a cocaine closet. <laughs> <laughs> you found the cedar closet. You almost forgotten about ghosts as you hurry to the back of the closet. Uh, if you can call it that, it's as big as a small room. You shine your light on the panel next to the floor at the right rear corner. Kneeling down, you take your pocket knife and insert a blade edge between the floor and the panel. Your heart leaps as the panel flips open. You pull it back and shine your light on a small, the, the light that you brought in smartly. Shine your light. On a small leather box, you unlatch the lid and lift it up. The box is filled with diamonds, yes. all glittering and sparkling in the beam of your flashlight. Then you feel a presence, this time close behind you. You whirl, you whirl your light around. A sack descends over your head. Powerful hands squeeze your throat. Everything goes black. <laughs> the, the end. The end. Oh, man. Done. Choose your own adventure. Oh, man, so, that's awesome. So in one of the stories, we found a homeless boy and got him halfway to Alaska. Yes, yeah, so his, his brother or something was living in Alaska. His half-brother, half apparently. Brother. And um, in the second reading, we found the diamonds. Yeah, we had the diamonds, technically. And then we got made dead. I bet you <laughs> it was Kenny that killed us. 
Oh, I'm betting you it was Kenny. It was Kenny. It had to be. You know. Yeah. Oh man, that's Kenny did it. We, we we got too greedy. Yeah, we got too greedy. We should have circled back around. You know, it's uh we're we're over an hour into this, Lee. I'm on your schedule at this point. Uh we can we can double back one more time and see how things might have played out, or we can call it good. Uh, I'm probably gonna have to call it good this time, but it was fun. I'm glad we went back a second time. That was super fun. That was super fun, man. I appreciate you doing this, man. It's always fun. This is just a good time to go through these and just kind of reminisce about being a kid and just having fun and having the listeners, viewers get involved. So, Oh yeah. And anybody watching or listening, uh, these are fun to share with your kids or just like with anybody, you know, you don't have kids, your nieces, nephews, whatever, but they're fun, short, you know, you can sit down and go through a couple of these. It's a fun, interactive thing to do, you know? Yeah, yeah you can get these oh. on eBay for 6 bucks to $10. Oh, yeah, cheap. Or if you want a digital version like this, it's free. Just go to archive.org and you can get them. I'm sure the libraries still have them too, I guess, if you don't want to buy them. Yep, have the kids pick them. And, I mean, pick the, the ending and yep. go from there, you know? Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Eddie. I appreciate it. We'll yeah, we'll do my it pleasure, again. man. We'll do it again. Maybe do this one or Chimney Rock or who knows. There's so many. Yeah, so <laughs> many to pick from. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening, watching, and we'll see you next time. See ya. These are so much fun. I really enjoy them. Eddie does too, and I hope you will as well, because you can be part of the action. Like I said, go to the Facebook page and you'll see announcements and you can jump in and get in on the action and chat with us and make comments and whatever you want to do. So thank you for listening. Go to covertnerd.net for the ways you can get in touch with me and let me know what you think about this episode and other episodes. And until next time, nerd it up.